Hey everybody, Sal Capaccio here, WGR Sports Radio 550, Bill Sideline Reporter, inviting you to do what I do every Wednesday and Friday night. That's check out 30 Minutes Live with CDP, coming at you from Ontario, right on your Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channels. You can check it out every Wednesday and Friday night, just like I do. 30 Minutes Live with CDP. Hi, Chris. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> Hello, Chris. I need to hear you. I can't hear you. I can see you, but I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can see you, but can't hear you. Ah, you just okay. did something. There you go. Now I can hear you. Oh, okay. I just played with the cord. That was it. <laughs> so you can hear me. You can hear me now, okay? Yes. Now okay, I, I guess I guess I just when I had my headsets plugged in, Stu, I guess I didn't have them fully plugged in all the way. <laughs> Little sorry. That's okay. Little things are the things that kill you every time. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for Don't that because like, still good. Yeah, everything's good. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sometimes, like I said, I'm learning this too. Doing just doing a podcast. Sometimes te technically uh, technical difficulties happen, and I'm wondering if this was the same problem I had with Dave Jixter as well because uh, I could hear and see Dave, but Dave couldn't hear me at all. So, ah, uh, it could be. Yeah. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Life is good. <laughs> Lots of news going on today in the National Football League, eh? Oh my goodness. Big day. Players get cut. Um, I was surprised I wasn't shocked about Davis Webb, uh, uh just speaking of the Bills, but Jake Fromm, um, do they have any plans to put him on the practice roster or are they both released outright? Uh my guess is they'll bring somebody back and put him on the practice squad. That's what I would guess. 
I don't think they'd release them both. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're really good with making all these kind of moves. So I'm sure that there are other moves that are coming. And um, in the coming days, you'll you'll see what they'll do. They'll get one of them back. And who knows? They might even get both of them back. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll get something for somebody in a trade. Brandon Bean's very good. And, um, you know, I'm not putting anything past him. Um, I stopped. I, I wasn't paying attention for a while today, so I didn't see that those two had got cut. So thanks for the heads up, Chris. <laughs> I try to do my homework. As Chuck Swarski told me, always try to do your homework. And I, I try to do that as much as I can and try to keep reading up on things, too. Just like the first thing I saw when I woke up from my I, I work midnights at my current job. Uh, first thing I saw on my phone was Cam Newton released by the Patriots. Mac Jones is going to be the starter. Yeah, I saw that one. I was like, you know, well, good for Mac Jones. Um, I didn't like the way Cam Newton played last year. Uh, but, you know, when you cut a former MVP, that's big news. And he's a former MVP. It'll be interesting to see if somebody signs him. But, you know, when you draft a quarterback in the first round, is it really the best idea to let him sit on the bench? Yeah, sure, Patrick Mahomes did it. But since then, even since then, the league has changed and more and more rookies are getting to start and play. So it was like with Josh Allen, they, they traded up to get Josh Allen and he was going to, mm -hmm. he was going to sit behind AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman. That never made any sense to me. You traded up to get this guy, play him. It's like with the Eagles in 2016 drafted Wentz, uh, I think second overall, and they had him on the bench at the beginning and then they decided, you know what, let's go with this guy. So, and yeah. uh, I really think Mac Jones has a high football IQ too. And I think that's one of the reasons they draft him, not just because his talents do Bill Belichick to me, likes smart, smart football players. And I don't think they would invest heavily in a first round pick on a quarterback uh, that they didn't feel was ready. Well, the Patriots, um, like any team, I think they all value smart football players. Although the Patriots drafting, say, at uh, running back or wide receiver hasn't exactly been uh, spectacular the last few years because um, they had a guy number 12. You know, he covered up a lot of other things. Yes. Unfortunately for them, he's in Tampa now. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, Tampa Bay plays in New England in uh, week four, I believe, too. Well, that, that... Yeah, circus, won't it? Definitely. And like I said, I do think personally, I, I think the Patriots will be improved this year. I think they're going to have to win games low scoring. Obviously, I don't think they're going to score 25, 30 points a game out like the Bills. I think New England, if they're going to win, they're going to have to win ugly games. Well, I think it's going to have to be defense special teams. And I think what they're relying on is a short passing game where they get yards after the catch. They want their running backs and wide receivers and tight ends to make big plays for him, you know, short, short catches and big runs at the catch. And that seems to be a tough way to live, but you know, that uh, Belichick is kind of like what I call an evil genius. So he'll figure yep. stuff, but um, I don't see them as being an offensive powerhouse. A lot depends on how fast this Mac Jones kid comes along. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll see. It'll be fascinating. Should be an interesting season. I mean, I'm expecting great things from the bills, and um, it'll be nice to leave the Patriots in the rearview mirror. Along Definitely. With FC East. <laughs> Definitely. I was going to say, the Bills have a tough first opening game because I know the Steelers uh, last year at the end kind of 
they kind of fell apart. But I think with their running back, they drafted uh, Harris. I think that will take some pressure off of uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think this is going to be a good opening game test uh, for the Buffalo Bills, even though it's at home. I think Pittsburgh still has a solid defense. They're well coached. And I think it's going to come down to Pittsburgh's front four against the Bills offensive line if they can get to the Josh Allen at all. Well, I think it's an interesting opening matchup for the Bills. I think the Bills will win. Uh, it remains to see how much of a downfield passing game Ben Roethlisberger still has. Um, it is an interesting matchup, and stopping the run, of course, will be a, a good test for the Bills. Um, you know, Chris, I'm not always this optimistic, but I'm so optimistic about this Bills team. It's like the only team I think that can beat them is them. I mean, obviously, Kansas City, Tennessee, Cleveland maybe Pittsburgh. I mean, there are a bunch of really good teams in the AFC East. I probably left a couple of them out, but really, I mean, I'm looking for the Bills to win anywhere between 12 and 15 games. I, that's how good I think they are. And that's how good I think Josh Allen is. And, you know, um, to be with the same coaching staff for four straight years and with the jump he made last season, this should be a very fun year for the fans of the Buffalo Bills. I was going to say the last coach they had four years in a row wasn't at Marv Levy because even Wade Phillips only lasted three years. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but I think you're right. <laughs> oh, by the way, before I ask you questions, I just want to say I'm wearing your daughter's shirt tonight. Well, thank you very much. She appreciates that. I appreciated it. And I'm really glad you liked the shirt. My yeah, daughter it's nice. um, does a lot of tie-dye and whatever else you want to call it. Yeah. And she makes these shirts. She, I bought her mother this thing called a cricket for Mother's Day, and it's the best Mother's Day gift I ever got for my wife, but it's turned into something great for my daughter. She loves, oh, she loves what I call cricketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's a really, really nice person, too. I told her I'd give her a shout-out to her business uh, at the end of my podcast tonight, too. Well, thank you. That's so kind. No worries. Hey, like I said, you're you're a nice guy and your daughter's nice. And like I said, I was telling one of my guests the other night, I said, I've made a lot of contacts doing this podcast, but I've also made a lot of new friendships too. And it's been, this has been a really uh, great experience the last year and a uh, plus doing this podcast. Good for you. I'm glad it's worked out. And you know, you had to take some risks. You had to make some phone calls. You had to put a lot of effort into it. And I'm glad to see that your efforts are bearing fruit. I still got a long ways to go, but I'm hoping to hopefully get a, a radio internship too, because I think that would help me a little more too, uh, besides with Rogers TV as a camera operator and doing the podcast. So if I can hopefully in the fall, some point, get an internship into a radio station, I, I think that would give me a little more experience as well. Well, it certainly would, but can you sell advertising on your podcast? I could. Yes. Yes, I could. I should start thinking about that. I think you should too. Yes. You have great guests, Chris. You've done a magnificent job getting great guests. Myself excluded. I've seen some of your other guests and it's like, good for you. They're great. I don't know how I'm doing. I'm just being myself, Stu, and uh, telling people what I'm about. And uh, my last guest I had uh, uh, before the the last couple one, I had uh, Tom McCarthy uh, from the Phillies and the NFL and CBS. I could have spent 10 hours talking to him. One of the nicest guys. Everyone, like I said, Stu, in your profession or industry has been really great to talk to on here. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. And you know what? They all should be. There's no reason why anyone shouldn't put it that way. 
Well, thank you. And and I had one of my friends who's a gym owner that was affected by the pandemic on on Friday night, and then he was a stroke survivor. So I try to get guests uh, from other walks of life as well, Stu, to try to branch out. I still love my sports, obviously, but I just feel if I branch out a little more, that might show somebody in the future that, hey, this guy can do a little more than just sports. No doubt, no doubt. And in the industry today, um, everything you can do has value, whether it's running a camera, running a board, troubleshooting, being on the air, reporting, producing, anchoring, whatever it is that have value. And the more you can do, the better off you'll be. And at the end of the day, sell ads on your podcast. Why not make a little money while you're doing it? Actually, I, I've got one person already lined up, and I guess I, I've I've been selling shirts and mugs and and hats as as well now too. Good. So I've I've learned how to market myself, promote myself, and now when I'm done with you tonight, Stu, when I go into work and I have some downtime tonight, I'll be uh, getting ready to produce another podcast show. I use some of my downtime at work to uh, to like uh, do like just to get up ready for my next guest. Good for you. Don't tell them yeah. that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, like I said, uh, when I'm done with you here, I can do that as well. But uh, like I said, uh, first question I wanted to ask you is, uh, we'll just start one question from last year. What were your overall thoughts to get on the 2020 Bills and the run to the FC title game versus Kansas City? It was a lot of fun. Haven't seen a Bills team like that in forever. Not since the you know, the, the early 90s, the Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Bruce Smith. Steve Tasker, Cornelius Bennett, you know, Thurman Thomas, all those guys. Haven't seen, haven't had as much fun with a football team um, as I did last year since then. And um, for me, last year's team was even more fun because I wasn't working. I had just retired. So I could sit on the couch and not have to worry about getting things on the air, on the web page. Uh, it's just exciting because the management, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, have put together a really, really strong team with a great young quarterback. Uh, they've got really good pieces all around him, a great wide receiving core. They'll score a lot of points. They should score a lot of points. They're fun to watch. You know, scoring points is fun, and it's fun to watch. Um, so it was a disappointing that they lost to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Of course it was. But they got there, and it's a whole learning process. Now the question is, can they do what they did Last year is as in they two years ago they lost to Houston in the wild card game. Last year they took another step and got into the championship game. Well, can they take another step this year and get to the Super Bowl? And of course, once you get there, as we've seen, I think we know better than anybody else. You absolutely have to win the thing. Um, don't get there and lose it. Getting there is not the idea. The idea is to get there and win it. Can they do it? Yeah, they can. I don't know if they will. Kansas City. <laughs> You know, Patrick Mahomes, that's a great team, great head coach. Uh, they've been, to, what, three straight AFC championship games, won a Super Bowl. You know, that that's a notch that the Bills, this coaching staff, Josh Allen, none of them, they don't have that notch on their belt. So they're going to have to beat Kansas City, hold off a bunch of other really good teams to do it. You know, uh, Tennessee, Cleveland's really good. Oh, oh, oh they've, they've got a... a, a they can do it, but will they becomes the, the question. They're very good, and they're going to have to beat some really good teams to get there. And first first order of business is winning the AFC East. I was going to say, um, 
That I agree with. And then also, I believe if they want to have a chance, I think they need to hit this AFC title game in Buffalo because I think having it in Buffalo at Orchard Park with 70,000 fans instead of going to Arrowhead, which has always been a tough place for any team to play, is uh, kind of a really a hard task. So I really think they the Bills need to focus on trying to uh, to try to get the number one seed in the AFC this year. Well, I think that does make a difference. Um, and I think in order to do that, they're going to have to go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. They've got a game at Kansas City. They have to go down there and win that. That is going to be one tough game. Let's face it, the Chiefs are a great team. And until the Bills knock them off, the Chiefs are simply better. Um, that's the litmus test. If they can win that game, they have a much better chance of getting home field advantage. Um, but it's a real tall order. You've seen the kind of success Patrick Mahomes has had, as much success as the Bills have had last year. The Chiefs have had sustained success ever since Mahomes stepped under center. So, you know, that's the gold standard. And now, you know, look at Cleveland. That's a good team. Tennessee, that's a good team. So (laughs) it's not going to be a a walk in the park, put it that way. I think the Bills have a game at Tennessee, too, and that's going to be another tough game. They lost to the Titans last year on Monday night. So, you know, there could be some real big bumps in the road, but I agree with you. It would be much better to have the AFC championship game at home than on the road. And uh, it's going to be a little tougher for the road schedule this year, too, with fans, because last year, obviously, there was no fans. So I think uh, the road games might be a little tougher this year for the Bills, too, having to deal with the opposition's fans bases now, too. Well, maybe, but the flip side of that is going to be tough for teams coming in here. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that last game against uh, the Packers, it sounded like a playoff game. Well, I think the fans here were really hungry to see this team. They haven't seen them in person for a long time, and they really wanted to see them. You know, I mean, the fans weren't there when this team got really good. Um, they showed some signs in 19, but in 2020 they took off and were really good, and there were no fans there. So people were really anxious to see the team in person, and I'm sure that's and don't forget, Bills Nation travels really well. There are going to be a lot of Bills fans in Jacksonville, Miami, yes. New Orleans, Tennessee, probably even Kansas City. You know, so they're everywhere. Bills, Bills Nation travels pretty well. Yeah, I would say I'm an Eagles fan, so I would say Buffalo's in the definitely in the top five fan bases, maybe even the top three. I'm not saying they're not the top fan base, but definitely agree with you on that. So, um. I was, de- was going to lead to my next question, Stu. Um, what are your thoughts on the Bills running back duel this year? Uh, obviously with Singletary, who's a finesse type running back like Miles Sanders is with the Eagles. And then you got Zach Moss, who's kind of a, um, a more physical type runner. Do you feel that is enough of a threat of a running game? Or do you think, or do you think the Bills might need to address uh, getting another running back in there in the, uh, in, during the regular season? Well, I think Devin Singletary got the message loud and clear this off t- off season. He looked much better in the preseason. Now, will that translate to the regular season? That's a $64,000 question. But he got the message last year um, after he dropped that pass in the championship game and he wasn't as productive as the organization wanted him to be. He got the message, and he looks like he's going to be much better. Mount Moss is coming off the injury, so... We'll have to wait and see, Chris. Um, Remember always, this is a passing team. They're Mm -hmm. football. They're going to throw it a lot. You know, it's not one of those games, one of those teams where 
um, you're just going to keep handing it off unless you're just trying to kill the clock. They're just not going to do it. They're going to throw the ball. That's their game is passing the ball. So I guess the question is, how much of a running game do they need? I don't have a good answer for you. It's a passing team. If they can run it just enough, whatever that is, that will be very helpful. I'm not even necessarily sure they're looking for quote-unquote balance because they're a passing team. They've got the wide receivers and the quarterback to do it. So we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully they're enough for whatever they're looking for. But Singletary, if he got the message, which looks looks like he did, has to be better than he was last year. And, um, you know, Moss was injured and seems to be okay now. So we'll see what they do with those two and whatever other running backs they decide to use. Um, They signed, uh, I believe it was Matt Breida from the Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. And he's a speed guy. He's got speed the other two guys don't have. So um, I don't think if they can find a way to get him out there and get him the ball and use his speed, I'm pretty sure Brian Dable can and will do something like that. But again, it's a passing team first and foremost. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying the running game is important, but it's a passing team. And don't don't lose sight of that. It's a passing was- team and a passing that's true. It has changed a lot in the last 20 years. But one thing, Stu, you might disagree with me on, in the playoffs, when the weather gets badder, or when the weather gets worse, I should say, uh, I still do think you need to be two-dimensional more in the playoffs. The regular season, I, I agree with you on being a, uh, more of a passing uh, team, obviously. But in the playoffs, I do think you do need to have a little bit more of a consistent running game in the in the tougher, in the weather games. Well, they were fortunate last year. There weren't really many weather games. Um, it helps it when the weather is bad. But, you know, without Josh Allen, they don't beat the Colts last year, right? That's true. And, um, you know, Gabriel Davis had a huge game. Yes. And in Kansas, the weather was not a factor there. They just couldn't contain the Chiefs' offense, in particular Travis Kelsey and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Um, so... I think there's some validity to your point, uh, but so far they haven't been really tested by horrible weather games. And of course, that could come here anytime. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah, because the way the way the weather around the world is nowadays, you just never know. Um, I was going to say one other question I was going to ask you, obviously. Um, quickly, what's your thoughts on the offensive line? And do you think uh, tight end are fine with uh, Dawson Knox? And I believe they got. Uh, uh, Hollister, a tight end from Seattle. No, I think they cut him today. Did I, they? Okay. But they, but but then they brought him back. But I'm not sure if they brought him back for the practice squad or how. But it's okay. Dawson Knox and um, it's not Jake Kumaro, is it? No, uh, Tommy Sweeney, I think, is the other tight end. He'd been okay. he'd been injured and he had COVID last year. Uh, me, Chris, ever since I've been here, which goes back to 1985, I've always said I sure would like to to see this team get a big time tight end. So maybe Dawson Knox will blossom into that big time tight end. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, I, I guess the only thing I can really say is I have to give Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott the benefit of the doubt because they've built a really good team. And if they think those guys are enough, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, I think first and foremost for Dawson Knox, catch the ball and go from there. Um, this is his third year. Third year is often a big breakout year. I think it 
since his third year. I mean, Josh Allen had a huge breakout year. Go back to the um, the previous generation. Eric Mullins had a fabulous third year. So uh, if Dawson Knox break, breaks out or whoever plays tight end, that's huge because that's just another weapon for Josh Allen to throw the ball to. So um, hopefully – Hopefully that's enough at the tight end position. I know in the offseason there was a lot of talk about trading for Zach Ertz, but um, I suppose that could still happen, but I don't think it will. Um, so the answer to your question, Chris, I'm afraid is we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I hope it's enough. I, in fact, I hope Dawson Knox blossoms and becomes an even p- better player than they hoped for when they drafted him. Um, but we'll see if that happens that way. Yeah, I was shocked that uh, the Eagles still have Zach Ertz, but uh, from what I've been seeing in training camp, he's 100% healthy. And I think what Howie Roseman's going to do right now with them is to see how the team starts and if they're they're, they're going to contend for the NFC East, which I think is a weak division, in my opinion. I think they might hold on to him for the year because he's only got a year left on his contract. But I think if the Eagles uh, struggle and they're out of it, I think he probably could be traded before the deadline. And maybe Howie might get a little more for him then, too. Who, who's, your, who's your starting quarterback in Philadelphia? You going with Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is number one. Joel Flacco is number two. And then we brought in uh, Gardner uh, Minshaw from the Jacksonville Jaguars. We just cut uh, Nick. I shouldn't say we. I don't work for the Eagles. Uh, They just cut uh, former Niners uh, third-string quarterback uh, Nick Mullins. So uh, I think getting Gardner Minshew is a third quarterback uh, with a smart policy. Uh, I think think the Eagles' best bet is Hurts, but he's still – He's in his second year, obviously, Stu, but he's still kind of a rookie because he didn't get that much work in last year. And in the preseason, he missed a lot of it with a abdominal issue as well. So, But I do like their new coaching staff with Nick Cerrani. So uh, I'm not making any predictions, but I think the Eagles should be improved. But how improved, I don't know yet. Well, Nick Cerrani is a Western New York kid, you know. Yes. So, so there, there are Eagles fans here now who'll be rooting for him, and I'll be one of them. Definitely, and uh, he has Plus, the same. Off- Sorry, go ahead. Plus, I have a daughter moving to Philadelphia, so that's two reasons to like that team. <laughs> cool, cool. I was gonna say, um, and uh, I, I really do think he's 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 in a hard market. So, but I, I will just see what happens. I think it's all gonna start with their offensive line because the Eagles last couple years too, their offensive line has been banged up, injured. If they can stay healthy, and they added some guys in the draft, if they, uh, I think that it all starts with the offensive line. And what I like about Hertz is he's got good legs. He might not be as mobile as Josh Allen, but he can move out of the pocket, which is huge, and he does have a good arm. It's just, I, I just don't know if he's ready. Well, I guess we're going to find out uh, very soon because the Eagles uh, open up the regular season against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, which is still going to be a tough task because it's a road game too. True, true on all counts. So I'm just trying to be optimistic. I just not making any predictions because last year I predicted the Eagles to win 11 games and they ended up with four. So I'm staying away from predictions in 2021. <laughs> yeah, well. I understand that. I usually don't make them, but I'm going with the Bills winning 12 to 15 games this year. That's that. So that's yes. So now there, oh. there were other years when people would say, oh, it's a 10 win team. And I said, you're out of your mind because they didn't have a franchise quarterback. Now they have a franchise quarterback. So anything's possible because that's where it starts. And one of the keys is going to be staying healthy because last year the Bills basically avoided any serious injuries, too. 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. You were breaking up there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, last year, the Eagles, or sorry, the Bills, uh, were lucky. They avoided a lot of serious injuries. Yeah, they had a few. I mean, Zach Moss got injured, and I don't remember some of the others. But every team's going to have injuries, and just part of the part of whatever sport you're playing, right? Definitely. Uh, thoughts quickly on Mitchell Tavrinsky as a backup for a, at least a season in Buffalo. I give the guy a lot of credit for doing that. And if Brian Dayball becomes a head coach someplace after this season, my guess is his first call is to Mitch Trubisky because he'll have had him in his system for a year. I, I think the Bears, well, I don't think it's a very good organization, and I don't think they're a very good team. And I think Mitch Trubisky took a lot of blame for all the things that went on in Chicago that I don't think they have great wide receivers or running backs or an offensive line. And and what they were expecting him to do was impossible. Even going back to their playoff game, I think it was in the first quarter, he threw a perfect strike, however many yards. It was a long pass. And the wide receiver dropped what should have been a touchdown in that playoff game against the Saints. And then they got destroyed after that. So I'm just, of course, I'm sitting here, didn't watch the Bears very much last year, but uh, I think it's great that Mitch Trubisky is here. He's trying to reset his career. I don't know how many guys would come to a place where they wouldn't want to compete to be a starter, kind of put their career on hold for a year and hope to do something the next year. It's kind of a unique perspective, and I say good for him and good for the Bills. Definitely, because I think it's good insurance. And um, I'm not, I'm, and I know the Eagle situation is a little different. But if Hurts struggles, they have a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Joe Flacco. I think it's always good to have an insurance policy because nowadays a lot of quarterbacks can't play the whole season due to the due to injuries and stuff like that as well. So I think having a solid backup quarterback is very important. Well, I I agree with you there, although. I must caution you that Joe Flacco's best days are long since past. Uh, I agree. I agree. But the last game he did do well against the Jets, but then the New York Jets, I guess they really shouldn't take too much in it. But um, we'll, we'll see. I think they only signed Flacco's from Delaware. Uh, so I think they only signed him to one year contract anyways, I believe. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with that, but so, but, yeah, you're right, though. He did win a Super Bowl. <laughs> and he can mentor uh, Jalen Hurts as well. So I yeah. think it's important to have a, a veteran quarterback that does have a winning record and has a Super Bowl ring on the roster. I think Fra Flacco could act like a coach uh, to Jalen Hurts, uh, in my opinion. Well, certainly, I don't think he certainly can't hurt him, put it that way. Definitely. Okay. And, and um, there. My next question is, what were your thoughts on the Bills' 2021 NFL draft selections, especially the number one pick, Greg Russo, uh, defensive end? Fabulous. Uh, having seen him in the preseason, I'm like, this guy looks like the real deal. He's got great size. He can get after the quarterback. Uh, he's quick. He's strong. He moves well laterally. I, there's nothing not to like about this kid. Now, the preseason is a little bit different, obviously, than the regular season, but he looks like one of those guys that you can just plug in and play and uh, maybe an instant star in the league. I mean, that's how good he's looked in the preseason. And, and, of course, he hasn't played that many snaps, but when he's in there, he's had an impact, and that's what you're looking for, I think. So um, I think it's a great pick, and I like the pick of Boogie Basham, too, Carlos Basham, too the kid from Wake Forest. So, you know, last year they felt they didn't get enough pressure on the quarterback. So with their first two picks, they addressed it and hopefully it pays off in the preseason. looks like it is going to pay off, but that's the preseason. Well, yeah. And I was going to say with a pass rush, 
it helps the linebackers and it helps the secondary. And as you know, the Bills have a Pro Bowl type secondary with a uh, uh, Traveris Wade. And I'm trying to think who the other uh, gentleman's name is. Uh, I hate Wait, that when you Poyer. Yes. Okay. Poyer. Yeah. Burden Poyer. Yes. Those two. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, and it goes for most teams too. It all starts with the O line and the D line. And if oh. the Bills' D line can put more pressure, that's definitely going to open it up for the linebackers and the secondaries, even the cornerbacks, to shut down the other team's receivers. So I do agree with you on Stu, and, and the Bills' defense this year should be improved. I think the defense will be better, and I think Russo and Basham will be among the reasons that they'll be better. Uh, I think they'll rotate those guys on the defensive line. And, you know, uh, I expect big things from Tremaine Edmonds. And they were able to bring Matt Milano back. So, mm -hmm. you know, I just think they're well positioned to do some really great things on both sides of the ball and special teams, too. So, uh, like I said, I'm looking for 12 to 15 wins. This is a very good football team. And the litmus test, Kansas City. That's the team you got to beat. And it would help to beat. Tennessee. I don't think Cleveland's on the schedule, but that's another team. And, uh, and you know, don't count out the Miami Dolphins. Now, they've got a very good defense. I mean, the first priority, or and the Patriots, their defense isn't bad either. So don't take anybody lightly in this league, because when that happens, usually you get, you know, you get smacked upside the head. I was going to say, the Bills pretty well kept their team intact, except for two, two key players, I think. Uh, Andre Roberts, uh, our, our backup receiver and a special teams guy. Yeah, he went to Houston. And then the punter, they had one of the best punters in the national football last year, in my opinion, and they let him go. And I don't even know who, I can't remember, Corey Bork, Corey Bork, something. Something like Yeah, that. yeah. And uh, they replaced him with a kicker from Miami, uh, I think Matt Hack, I yes. believe. Yes, yes. Well, you know, they decided that they didn't want to invest that much money in a kicker. Uh, but Jorquez, uh, I think, wanted more money, and they didn't feel he was worth it. So they signed um, the other guy. And Roberts, you know, uh, I think it'll be Isaiah McKenzie or maybe the Stevenson kid, the draft pick. They'll find somebody to return kicks. Roberts was very good, I'll grant you that. I didn't like him much as a receiver, mm -hmm. uh, but as a return guy, he was top-notch. So that'll be an area that they'll have to replace him. And hopefully okay. they've got guys in their roster who can do it. I was going to say, yeah, next man up. So um, this is my next question I wanted to ask you, too. Uh, what's your overall opinion on the Bills uh, signing Josh Allen to six years at 258 yeah, with $150 million guaranteed? Do you think they should have waited after this year, or do you think this was the right decision to do it now? I think this was the right time to do it. Why wait? And this way you can set the market. So like the Baker Mayfields, when his deal comes up, or, or Lamar Jackson, you're not reacting to those. You've kind of set the pace. Now let everybody react to you. This was the time to do it, and Alan is smart enough and even said it. They're not paying for me. They're not paying me for what I did. They're paying for me what what I. They're paying me for what I uh, am expected to do in the future. So I think this was the time to do it. Of course, it's astronomical money, but that's the going rate for franchise quarterbacks. So I have no issue. I'm actually very glad that they got it done. Get it done. You don't want anybody like him being a lame duck ever. So they got the young man done. I can't think of anything I don't like about him. And now he's under contract, and he'll be here for a while. So hopefully they can do some really special things with him at quarterback, which I think I expect, and certainly most of Bill's nation expects some really special things to happen with Josh Allen and the team in the very near future. 
when I spoke to John Murphy, uh, the voice of the Bills, uh, my podcast uh, last February, I said there's so many similarities to Jim Kelly and Josh Allen. They're both big. I, I, they're both big and tall. They're both uh, have great arms. I did tell John. I said the. I think the the difference is. I think Josh Allen's a little more athletic than Jim Kelly was, but Josh Allen's Buffalo tough like Jim Kelly was. Well. I think um, Jim Kelly would tell you that Josh Allen's a much better runner than Jim ever was. Yes, yes. But they're both very tough. They both have the big arms. I think if you're going to make a quarterback comparison, and I'm a huge Jim Kelly fan, uh, Josh Allen might be a little bit more like a young Ben Roethlisberger than, say, even a Jim Kelly. So that's what I think the opening game is so intriguing. It's old Ben Roethlisberger versus Josh Allen, who, in a sense, is the new Ben Roethlisberger. But yeah, there are interesting comparisons to Jim Kelly, too. I love the toughness, um, the smarts, the arm. And the one thing that Josh Allen doesn't have that Jim Kelly had was Thurman Thomas. And that makes a huge, I think it made a bit bigger difference then than it might now. No. Uh, but I don't know that for, sh- for sure, just because it's even more of a, a passing league. Yeah. Definitely. I Stu, I just got a couple more questions. Are you still okay for a few more minutes? Of course. Okay. I always like to ask my guests because every guest is uh, different. And I know I was Tom McCarthy. I kept him probably a little longer, but he's such a cool guy. And, and I really enjoyed talking to him. And I always like to ask questions and stuff like that too. And I'm trying to do a podcast with everyone from different markets uh, this year. So I'm hoping to have uh, Matt Derry from uh, the Detroit market on to talk about the Lions. So I'm trying to do all the NFL teams on my podcast this year. Good for you. So, and, and, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm rooting for the bills. As long as you guys don't play the Eagles, I'm rooting for the, you guys. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. We appreciate yes. all the support we can. Well, like I said, I really, if Buffalo wins the Super Bowl, I think it would be probably just as big as the Cubs winning the world series in Chicago. Well, it would be much bigger for me because I hated that because they were playing my team. And if my team was healthy, we'd have beat them hands down. But that's another story. Now the Bills are my team. So I think it would be bigger than that. Well, for us, it would be bigger than that, but not for them after a hundred and some years. Okay. Uh, My next question I wanted to ask you, Stu, uh, I had to ask you this one. With the expectations being so high for this 2021 Buffalo Bills, do you think that the coaching staff, Sean McDermott and the other coaches, will make sure the team stays grounded and focused? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that I think they've, you know, Sean McDermott said from day one, trust the process. Uh, He's still with it. And, you know, I think it's a pretty decent group of guys that are pretty well grounded in Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. All these guys seem like they really like each other. They seem to get along. And I don't think that'll be any issue. Uh, And I go back to the Houston loss and, and we'll see how they react to the Kansas City loss. I don't think that will be an issue for this team. Now, chances are they're going to lose a game or two along the way that they shouldn't lose, but that happens to every team, and it's not because they they weren't grounded. Um, it just happens, but I don't think that'll be an issue because it's never been an issue with this group of Bills under Sean McDermott, I don't think. And now, it, this is most likely the best Bills team that Sean McDermott has had, and if they do lose a game, because of that, that would be a good smack upside the head to remind them that 
they need to do certain things better in order to win. And I was going to say, I'm also a fan of McDermott because he was actually with the Eagles from 99 to 2010 under Andy Reid. And he was also an intern. He uh, started with the Eagles as an intern. And that's how, and he worked his way up with the organization. So he learned from one of the masters in Andy Reid. And, and uh, like I said, he's a Philly guy. And that's why I also, that's another reason I'm uh, kind of rooting for the Bills is because Sean McDermott's a Philly type of guy too. Well, now the question is for Sean McDermott, can the, can the pupil beat the master? Can the student beat the teacher? Because it has true. that Kansas City team, you know what I mean? Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you, Stu, Kansas City's offensive line, do you like what they did with the uh, getting Joe Tooney from the Patriots? And well, I think they got somebody from the Ravens, too, to add to that offensive line. Well, I think what you saw happen to them in the Super Bowl when they didn't have their two starting offensive linemen they had to fix that. So they went out, and on paper, at least, they fixed it. So, yes, I liked what they did. Um, we'll see how, if it plays out that way. Uh, what you saw in the Super Bowl was Tampa Bay was able to contain Patrick Mahomes. It kind of kept him to one side of the field. And he had a game like Josh Allen had in the AFC Championship game uh, as the Kansas City defense had his best game ever against the Bills in the AFC Championship game. So on paper, yeah, I like what the Chiefs did. It's really hard to not like anything Kansas City has done since they plugged in Patrick Mahomes. So, yes, I like what they did. They looked like they had a problem, and it looks like they fixed it on paper. And we'll see for real starting a week from Sunday or yeah, whenever. Looking, for, looking forward to that. Okay, uh, next question I wanted to ask you is, what was your feelings on the uh, high, high mark stadium name change recently and the sta stadium now being uh, allowed at full capacity for the 2021 season? Well, I think it's great that they're allowing full capacity. There may still be some risk involved in that. It's not my favorite name for a stadium, but, you know, what am I going to do? I To me, it's always going to be Rich Stadium or Ralph Wilson Stadium. I was getting used to New Era Field. I yeah. was getting used to that. Yeah, that was nice too. But it's a name on a stadium. And it's just a name. So um, I know where it is and I know what it is. So I'm good with it. And I'm glad to see that hopefully it'll be full and hopefully it's not dangerous having these places full. I guess we'll find out in the next month or so. Yeah. And that leads to my next question, Stu. And I had to ask you this too. Will New York state taxpayers pay the full cost of a new stadium for the Bills and Orchard Park and uh, towards major renovations for the Key Bank Center for the Sabres? Uh, now, that's a really good question, Chris. Um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, good job. You should put people on the spot. I think the taxpayers are going to pay a very large share of whatever stadium is built because that seems to be the way things work, you know, corporate welfare for billionaires. Um, and hopefully they fix up the arena where the Sabres play, but the best thing they could do for the Sabres is make them a much better team because as good as the Bills have gotten, the Sabres are horrible. They're not fun to watch in person or even on television. It's kind of sad that this is the kind of team that Rick Jenneret will close out his career with. Um, but it, it's the way it is. So uh, unfortunately, the answer to your question is, I think the taxpayers are going to pay a huge chunk for the new stadium um, if and when and where, whenever and wherever it gets built. And hopefully it does get built because no one wants to see the team leave here. Um, so I can't say I'm a big fan of corporate welfare, 
but that's the world we live in because there are an awful lot of cities, you know, Austin, Texas, um, who knows where else in Florida where they might like to have an NFL team. So not that they've ever threatened, but, you know, as fans in the back of your mind, it, 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 it wears on you a little bit. So the answer to your question is yes, I think the taxpayers are going to pay for a good chunk of the stadium. And um, I was reading today when I woke up as well, there was a lot of news going on. Associated Press reported the Bills have proposed a stadium with only 60,000 seats and 60 suites, and it would be ready by the 2027 season. Uh, I was going to say 60,000 is awfully small. I'm not saying they should go back to 80,000 like the old uh, Rich Stadium was, but I would say I would, I'm surprised they wouldn't want at least 65, 66,000 seats. I'm surprised they would go down to 60,000 seats. That, to me is awfully small for an NFL stadium. I'm thinking that might have to do with that way. You're always, you might always have demand for tickets. I really don't know. I wondered about that a little bit too. Um, it's more about the suites than anything else, I think. And who knows what kind of prices they're going to charge either. So there are a lot of things that go into all these decisions that are just kind of way above my head and also right now they're still to be determined because i guess right now they're talking about building it across the street from where the stadium currently stands so we'll see how it all plays out um i don't i I, chris honestly i don't like to get into too many stadium discussions because there are too many unknowns between here and there and you know uh, the money is astronomical and it's way out of my league so uh, I just hope that whatever happens is what's best for both the community and the Bills. Okay. I mean, I root for them, too, as frustrating as it is. Okay. I do have two quick Sabre questions for you. I promise we won't talk about the Sabres that much because I That's... know it's pro- it's going to be another difficult season. But uh, just quickly, uh, your thoughts on the 21-22 Sabres. Do you think they'll be somewhat improved with getting Don Granado as their regular coach? And... Um, they also trade Aristolainen and Sam Reithardt away. So what's your overall quick thoughts on this 2022 team? Do you think they'll be a little bit more competitive and more improved this year? I hope so because they weren't fun to watch and haven't been fun to watch for a long time. I like the Don Granado hire because he spent his a good chunk of his career coaching coaching young players and developing young players. And you saw some of the Sabres young guys, the Casey Middlestats and the Rasmus Dahlins and a few others improved notably after they fired Ralph Kruger and put Don Granado in charge. So I think that's a good move. Unfortunately, he's got his hands full. It's not a roster that is going to make anyone jump up and down and go, my God, this team is great. So they could be very tough to watch again this season, which is kind of what I'm anticipating, unfortunately. And they do need a little bit of stability, and I think uh, Granado will do that for the next couple years, I think, at least two more years or one more year. And uh, uh, Kevin Adams as well, because they've had so many general managers and coaches in there. It's it's so many, like like for many years, they had Regeer and Landy Ruff, and then the last 10 years it's been – different GMs and coaches. So I think the, the franchise needs to have a little bit of stability with the GM coaching staff and then bring guys in that want to be there. And this leads to my next question, Stu. Um, this is the last Sabre question for you. Will Jack, <laughs> pardon me? I had to ask it. Will Jack Eichel remain a Sabre, yes or no? Uh, not for too much longer. 
but put it this way, if they can get the right deal, whatever the right deal is, they'll make it in a heartbeat. If they can't get the right deal, then he can just sit there and do whatever because he's under contract to them. They have to resolve a lot of issues, the whole thing with the with his injury and the potential surgery to fix the injury and all that. And how that plays out is anybody's guess. And if the Sabres are going to trade an asset like Jack Eichel, they got to get, be getting plenty back because you don't find – number one centers don't grow on trees. So, so far, no one's been willing to meet their price. Uh, as you know, Jack just changed his agent. Um, mm-hmm. Agent is now a much more high-profile agent. So maybe that'll speed up the process. If not, you know, Jack's under contract to the Sabres. So I, I, I don't think he'll still be here by January 1st and maybe a lot sooner than that. So um, does he remain a Sabre? No. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, if he is at neck surgery, let's say he gets his way, how long would he be out time-wise if he goes through with the surgery he wants to do? Not a doctor. I have no idea. So I'm not touching any of those questions, Chris, because I'm not a medical person. But, you know, the thing has dragged on since May when it became public with the disconnect. Here we are. Uh, tomorrow's September, and it's still dragged on. You know, the team's not going to change its mind. That's the way their medical people feel. They're not going to change their mind. So we're in a stalemate. And since he's under contract to, to them, they don't have to move him. Jack? have a seat if you're going to play you're playing yeah. for but he's got to be healthy to play um my opinion is i think they should take the captaincy away from him because right now you got a, you, a lot of young players on this team i think dylan cousins eventually will be a captain of the sabers but i i think right now you want guys that want to play in buffalo and i my opinion is in a, as an outsider is eichel does not want to be in buffalo anymore i think you're correct i think that's something that they should do um Will they? I don't know. You know, and and the funny thing is, if you look at the history of captains in Buffalo with the Sabres, it's not a great history, unfortunately. And unfortunately, this will be another chapter in that sordid history. So um, you can't really have him as your captain because, as you said, he doesn't want to be here. So, you know, throw him out there to play for you when the guy doesn't even want to be here. So I, I think you do need to do that. Okay. And then we'll just wrap it up with just uh, two quick uh, Bills questions for you, Stu. And that, and this one, um, you've already predicted for the Bills. Um, do you have any other teams in the AFC and the NFC that could surprise in 2021? One of the teams in the NFC I think that could surprise is San Francisco. Well, yeah, depending on what they do with the quarterback situation. You know, I think that team was ravaged by injuries last year. So that's a pretty good pick. Um, I'm going to go with the standard teams. I mean, I think the Chargers in the AFC are a team to keep an eye on. They've got a different coaching staff. They found ways to lose close games last year. And if the coach can change that, that could be out. You know, I don't know if I'd call them a surprise team, but that'd be a team worth keeping an eye on is what I would say in the AFC. And in the NFC, well, nobody from the NFC East, Chris. I don't think that's a real weak division. But but for some odd reason, I like the Washington football team because Ryan Fitzpatrick is there. A kid from the University of Buffalo made the team, Jared Patterson. So I'll say Washington for the sake of picking a team. How's that? As long as you don't say Dallas, that's okay with me. No, I was never <laughs> you never had to worry about that. We'll always agree on Dallas. Never <laughs> we'll never ever cheer for Dallas. That is the truth. So. Definitely. Okay, and the last question, I'm going to put you on the spots too. I know it's very early. Super Bowl 55, who makes it into who makes it in LA this year, Los Angeles? 
God. I have to put you on the spot for this one. I'm going to say Tampa goes back. And I, you know what? I'm just going to pick the Bills because it's my team. And, and what would? why wouldn't I pick them? And you know what? It will most likely be Kansas City. But for the sake of saying the Buffalo Bills, I'll pick them here. And if and when it happens, you can say, see, he was right. I'll go Tampa. Oh, yes. Tampa, Buffalo. Yeah. Um, the NFC, I don't know. That's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, I, I, all I'm going to say is I think it's going to, one of the teams will come out of the NFC West. We'll get to the Super Bowl and the, uh, actually, no, they're going to, they're going to beat each other up. So, you know what? I'm going to stick with the sick, the safe pick, stick with Tampa Bay and the AFC. Uh, I think it's going to be Buffalo, Kansas City, but I also think it's going to depend on who has home field advantage in the playoffs. But, um, I, you know what, Stuart, I'm going to put myself on the line, Buffalo, Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Well, I hope we're both right, and I hope Buffalo finds a way to win it once they get there. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, uh, when Philly won it, they went crazy, and and it just and and that's another thing. It's amazing how you can win a Super Bowl and then with three years you're in a rebuild. That just shows you, even if you hate the Patriots, how great their dynasty was for twenty years. Uh, the truth, and they wouldn't have had it without the guy in Tampa now, but they Number still genius. Okay, and. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, before I let you go, I just wanted to uh, put on uh, something for your daughter, Rachel. Uh, please check out Boyette Boutique in the Buffalo area. They design and sell shirts, hoodies, canvases, uh, blankets, sweat uh, pants, and mugs with new designs in the work. You can contact Rachel at uh, 716-515-5892, or you can email her at boyetteboutique at gmail.com, or check her out on her Instagram page, boyetteboutique. And I am wearing her shirt. Well, thank you for doing that. Now, what is that? It's Boyer, B-O-Y-A-R, correct? Because because yeah. the audio is a little bit. It, it sounded yeah. like you said it with a T, not an R. Oh, okay, uh, Boy Boyer, Bartique. Yes, I might have got that wrong. I apologize. I apologize. Okay. I do okay. mistakes. Bug. Mistakes still do happen with podcasts and all that too. So uh, that's one they thing all- I got to work on too. They always do. It'll never change because we're all human. So don't beat yourself up over it. I just thought I wanted to make sure it was Boyer with an R and not with a T. T. And uh, I was going to say, yeah, and uh, I hope her business does really well. And I just wanted to uh, uh, let her give her a shout out anyways. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And she appreciates it. We see it on the the crawl, except I can't read it because it's too small. Small, yeah. But there's there's no T in it. (laughs) You've got a T on the end there. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Well, Wolf, I will uh, fix so that good. up the next but time. Thank you. No problem. And I like really I said, appreciate I, you putting that out there. No problem. And I always have to wear my prescription reading glasses now because I can't see small print anymore without glasses on. Yeah, uh, I got to get real close. <laughs> Definitely. But I was going to say, Stu, uh, uh, thank you so much for coming on my podcast again. And uh, maybe we can have you on again during uh, uh, the regular season, maybe halfway the halfway point and, and talk about the first half of the season for the Bills and, and the NFL. And then we got college football starting up this weekend as well. Anytime, Chris. Just give me a holler. I'll be glad to be on. And thank you very much for having me. You're welcome, Stu. And I uh, hope you have a great night. We'll stay in touch. All right. Thanks, Chris. Take care. You too. Have a good night, Stu. Good night. Good night. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my uh, podcast tonight with Stu. Anyways, uh, please check out Boyer Boutique in Buffalo area again. Uh, And uh, her name's Rachel. You can uh, 
contact her at this number below and you can uh, also email her at boyerboutique at gmail.com and instagram boyerboutique uh, as well um and uh, i got one of her shirts as well so thank you so much Stu, for coming on and just guys thank you all for watching uh the buffalo bills do open up the regular season uh sunday september 12th at one o'clock at new air field against the uh, pittsburgh steelers and ben roethlisberger i think this is going to be a good test for buffalo because i think pittsburgh is going to be improved I think they're going to be tough defensively. And I think Ben Roethlisberger still wants to prove that he's not finished yet. I say, and, and that, and having that running back Harris come in, uh, should take a little pressure off big Ben. So it's going to be a really good test for the Buffalo bills against Pittsburgh. And, uh, one other thing, guys, uh, the Eagles, uh, they're going to open up their season as well. Uh, let's see. The Eagles are going to open up their season on Sunday, September 12th as well. One o'clock kickoff against Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And uh, that should be interesting, guys. And uh, one other thing, guys, North of the Border podcast, Philadelphia Eagles 2021 season preview, preview podcast is going to happen Saturday, September 11th. Uh, the time and my guests uh, to be announced. I'm hoping to get uh, one or two uh, guys that are huge Eagle fans in the Philly area, hopefully to come on my podcast. I have to still confirm it with them and the time. And we're going to talk about the 2021 Eagles and the new coaching staff with Nick Sarani. Uh, what talk about the special teams unit, the defense, the offense, and also if Jalen Hurts can get this team to be a playoff contender in the NFC East. Because I really do think, uh, based on paper, Dallas has the most talent in that division, but as you know, uh, that franchise hasn't won in 25 years. And Washington, they still have a lot of question marks, and they have a 38, 39-year-old quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know how much he has left in the gas tank, um, so we'll see there. And uh, the Giants, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones, guys, by any means. I know they will have the running back back this year. He was out last year. Uh, uh, Barkley was out uh, with uh, ACL, so... Um, I think that NFC East is up for grabs as well. But uh, I am also, just to let you know, guys, the Patriots earlier today released veteran quarterback Cam Newton. Mac Jones from uh, Alabama is going to be starting uh, as for the Patriots. And uh, he does have uh, he has a lot of talent. But one thing I mentioned to Stu about is Mac Jones has a high football IQ. And Bill Belichick values that in his players. And the Patriots haven't drafted a quarterback in the first round, I think, since Drew Bledsoe in 1993 who went first overall. So uh, Cam Newton will be back in the NFL. Uh, there is rumors that Dallas is interested in him as a backup for uh, uh, Dak Prescott as insurance policy. So Dallas is definitely one team. Uh, we'll see what happens there. And it looks like the Texans are going to keep Deshaun Watson. He's still under contract. So we'll see what happens. But uh, as for Zach Ertz, I do think uh, he'll start the season with the Eagles. Uh, but if the Eagles are out of it by October or November, I think he could be traded, but Zach Ertz will definitely start the season with the uh, uh, the Eagles, Zach Ertz. And then you got Dallas Goddard and Richard Rodgers. So um, one of the keys with the Eagles this year I'm going to bring up on my podcast, September 11th, is the offensive line. If they can protect Jalen Hurts, give him time to get the ball to the receivers in Devontae Smith and John Hightower and Jalen Ragard. And in the tight ends, that would be great. Uh, the Eagles did, I believe, release Travis Fogum. Uh, today they released them. So, but we'll see what happens. I am really looking forward to this 2021 NFL season. I do think the Eagles will be improved, but I'm not making any predictions of how many games they're going to win or not. They do have a tough uh, schedule 
to open up the season. I guess Atlanta is their home opener in Atlanta, and then they take on the Niners. And I do think the Niners, if they stay healthy, are going to be a very good team in the NFC uh, West this year. And it uh, looks like they're going to have maybe platoon quarterbacks with Jimmy G and, and um, Trey uh, Lance. And you know what? I think that could work because both quarterbacks – uh, I think it's going to make it difficult. I know a lot of teams do, do not believe in tuning quarterbacks, but Kyle Shanahan likes to think outside the box. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I just want to say uh, thank you to everyone who watched this live on YouTube, uh, on my Twitter page, and Facebook for the first time in two months. And uh, my next podcast, I'm going to have it on Twitch live streaming. So I'm going to rotate my podcast, uh, one podcast here on Facebook live, one on Twitch uh, live streaming. So I'm going to rotate that as well. And uh, just before I go, guys, uh, one other thing I want to let you guys know, uh, after each podcast live with CDP podcast, the audio version is always on Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Castbox as well. And you guys can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP, and uh, I'm I'm on there quite often as well, uh, promoting my podcast. Uh, and just to let you guys know, uh, my next podcast uh, it will be to to basically to be determined. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be this Friday, but uh, I definitely have some podcasts lined up for next week. And I will definitely uh, have them promoted this weekend. So, um, yeah, if I find out I can get somebody to come on with me uh, on Thursday or Friday, then we'll definitely do another podcast this week. So just uh, stay tuned to my social media, and I'll let you guys know when my next podcast is. And before I go, guys, I'm just going to check out the comments. Uh, Mark, no sound. We fix that. Um, let's see. Uh, great guest, Mark. Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. You were one of my uh, first people to watch my podcast when I started over a year ago. Uh, Ryan, thank you for watching. Everybody who watches live, thank you or listens on my audio. And one other thing, my audio version is on my LinkedIn page as well. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on LinkedIn as well. So anyways, guys, uh, before I go, I'm just going to play a little clip of the 2020 Buffalo Bills, courtesy of NFL Films. And I'm just going to play maybe two minutes and just show some highlights of the uh, Buffalo Bills from the 2020 season. Just one second, guys, and we're going to just put this on. Dog fight, man. I like us. I like us a lot. Play for each other. Love you guys. Win on three. One, two, three. Win. The Buffalo Bills 2020 season was a special one. Things looked a little different, but that didn't seem to matter. Buffalo played their best football in nearly three decades. Caught at the 14-yard line by Diggs. Diggs inside the five, headed to the end zone. He is in. Touchdown, Buffalo. He is brought down. It is A.J. Klein. It didn't matter if you were a pro bowler. Caught by Stefan Diggs. He is headed to the end zone. Untouched. A rotational player. Justin Simmer punches it out. First-round pick. Picked off, intercepted, Tredavious White. Or a day three selection. Touchdown! Jared Johnson goes 102 yards. The Bills won games however they needed to. Now he's going to throw it into the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown! And they had fun doing it. Oh yeah, hey, 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 you feel a jiggy today. 
After years of building a culture, the 2020 Buffalo Bills had formed a brotherhood. Well, there are some who said we'd never get here. But we are here, kickoff Sunday for the 2020 Buffalo Bills with hopes and expectations as high as they've ever been. At the center of those heightened expectations was quarterback Josh Allen. If the Bills were going to take another step forward, it would have to start with the QB. Allen takes the snap, makes the handoff, rolls to his left, going to keep it himself. Race to the end zone, he is in. Josh Allen, first touchdown of the year. Looks, looks, goes to his right, fires at right side, and is caught. Caught for the touchdown. Allen seemed unfazed by the added pressure. He put up the first 300-yard passing game of his career as the Bills started off the season with a win. it down the middle and is caught. Nice catch by Stefan Diggs. Even without a normal offseason, Allen seemed to have no problem getting into rhythm with his new receivers, Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Stefan Diggs got loose, and I mean loose. Pressure gets away from it. Now he fires into the end zone. It is caught. Great catch. Laid out completely and pulled. Anyways, guys, that's just a little bit of uh, the 2020 Buffalo Bills uh, season highlights from uh, last year, courtesy of the NFC uh, the NFL Films. Uh, this team should be very good this year, and we'll see what happens. But they're definitely a Super Bowl contender and one of the top teams in the AFC. And uh, we'll cross our fingers. But again, I just want to say thank you to Stu Boyer, who was with WGR. Uh, Z TV uh, channel two in Buffalo for 35 years uh, for coming on my podcast again and talking some bills, football and Buffalo Sabres. And uh, like I said, guys, uh, please check out his daughter's uh, boutique. She does, like I said, she does uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, uh, sweatpants and mugs as well. And all her information, her phone number and her email address is uh, down here as well. So, all right, guys, uh, like I said, I will definitely give you guys an update on my social media when my next uh, podcast is and who my next guest is. And we'll look forward to uh, talking to you guys really soon on Live with CDP podcast. I hope you all have a great night. And again, thank you, everybody, for watching this on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook tonight and later on my audio uh, platforms as well. All right, guys, have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Good night.